How many of you know you are part of that covering? That didn't get any amen. Just, just those who are already working. You know, I want this church to be different than other churches. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but most churches, most leadership in most churches will say that 90% or 100% of the work is done by 10% of the people. Okay, get back up there. <laughs> Today, it's 100% of the work is done by 10% of the people. I know for a fact that everyone in here has something you can give to God. And many of you are already, okay? But if you're not giving anything to God, I ain't going to be as kind as he is. Shame on you. Because you'll not grow in God in his relationship with your relationship with him. You'll, you cannot expect God to give you anything until you give it to him first. How many of you know that? Five of us. All right. So the rest of you'll know it. Write this scripture down. Luke 6, 38. <clears throat> Luke 6, 38 says, give. Who's he talking to? Us. Notice he didn't say, I'm going to give to you, and then if you feel like giving to me, you can. Or if you want to give your gift uh, once in a while, that's okay. No, God, this is a principle of God, guys, I'm telling you. And this is the same part of my message. This is Holy Ghost. It's a principle of God. It says, give and you will be given unto. Now then watch what God says. He says, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will he give unto your bosom. But then it says something <clears throat> that most people don't read because they don't want to read it. But uh, then it says, with the measure that you give, you will be given unto. So if you ain't giving nothing to God, then don't expect nothing from him, okay? Other than just being saved, and one of these days you'll get to go to the sweet by and by. But until then, you may have to live like hell on this earth. Amen. You have to put up with everything that comes your way because you ain't serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, now I'm going to move on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We have a good group of people in this church that are serving. Amen. But there's always room for you. I said there's always room for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Be turning in your Bibles this morning to John, the 17th chapter. John chapter 17, and I just want to say praise God that we made it into 2024. Amen? I don't know about you, but I never would have thought we'd have made it this far. Matter of fact, I got bold last year, and I said, I don't know the day or the hour, but I truly believe Jesus is coming in 2023, and we're really that close. Amen? So we began last year, uh, I think it was last year, we began talking about living ready for the Lord Jesus Christ, living ready for his coming. Not trying to get ready, but living ready. And then last Sunday, uh, the Holy Ghost brought to our attention through the scriptures, uh, part of our getting ready and the importance uh, 
how important it is for us to build a relationship with God Almighty. Amen? That we're, it's vitally important to your life for you to have a close personal relationship with him. Not a relationship through your wife, not a relationship through your husband, not a relationship through your pastor, but you. It's you. Amen? Amen. This morning we're going to continue along those lines, and I do, that last, last week's message was called Man's Greatest Need in 2024, and I encourage everyone that did not, was not here last Sunday and did not hear that message to go to our website and listen to it. It will not only bless you, but it will hold you accountable in 2024. How many of you want to be accountable to God? Amen. So this morning we're going to continue along those same lines, but more specifically, I want to talk to you about stay, staying in, or better yet, living in God's presence. How many of you know you can live in God's presence. And I don't mean, yeah, well, yeah, we all do because he's everywhere. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a personal relationship. I'm talking about you personally living your life in his presence. Amen. You may not, you may or may not know this, but right now there's still a spirit of deception that is moving throughout this world. It is moving throughout our society and yes, it is even moving throughout many of today's churches. And this really shouldn't be a surprise to you because in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus said that the one sign that we all need to be looking for into, in our lives in the last days would be worldwide deception. And of course, we're seeing that right now. He also said there would be a great apostasy or a great falling away from the principles of God. And we're also seeing that. And the only thing that will keep you and I or you and me from being deceived uh, or you and I from being, moving away from the principles of God, the only thing that will prevent that is for us to make a decision in our life that we're going to walk with him every day. Amen? That we're constantly going to seek to be in God's presence. My brothers and sisters, we have the priceless privilege of being in God's presence and being in the presence of Almighty God and to walk with God and to have fellowship with him day by day. Amen? You see, Old Testament saints never had that privilege because in those days, God would only communicate his will. Everybody say his will. That's going to be important. He would only communicate his will to the kings and the priests and to the prophets so they could come and tell it to you. Amen? I'm not a prophet. I'm not a king. I am a, I am a priest of sorts. Amen? I'm a pastor, so I bring you the message, but he don't just talk to me. He'll talk to you. Amen? How many of you know that? I'm glad we're New Testament saints, ain't you? Amen. That means we're under a new covenant. That means you and I can not only get in God's presence, but we can remain in God's presence all day long, and really, we should. If you're not, you should be. Amen? Actively seeking him. 
turning to him for everything. Amen? That don't mean we're walking around with our head in the clouds. It don't mean we've got our eyes closed while we're driving trying to pray. I wouldn't advise that. You're going to pray while you're driving. Keep your eyes open. It simply means our heart is set on the things of God. It means we're paying attention to our life, how we're living, the places we're going, the people we're hanging out with. We're paying attention to our life. It means we're listening for heaven's instructions. In other words, we are living in God's presence. And then we're allowing him to speak to us about our life. Amen. It also means as we see the signs in Matthew 24 progressing in this earth, and I'm going to say this because Miss Brenda hit on it a little bit. Hebrews, I think it is uh, Hebrews 11.25, I believe. I'm not sure. It says, as we see the last days happening, that we should gather more, not less. Do not forsake the gathering of the saints together, especially as you see the end coming. Amen? Hallelujah. I know you're not shouting me down this morning. You're just thinking about what I'm telling you, right? Amen. But we're listening to heaven's instructions, and we're living in his presence all day long. It also means as we see the signs coming that we don't loosen our relationship with God, but to the contrary, we do everything we can to tighten our relationship up with God. In other words, as you and I see the end drawing near, we're becoming more committed, more dedicated, and more consecrated. Are you with me? And let me boldly say this, I can testify that this church is, not going to, but is becoming more sold out to God than we ever have been. I love preaching to this crowd because you absorb the word and then I know by your own testimonies that you're doing the word, amen? Hallelujah. Listen, in these last days, I'm not prophesying this, but this is just what I've already seen. In the last days, we're going to see people we know loosening their relationship with the Lord. We're going to see people we know slowly drifting away from the things of God and drifting closer to the things of this world. We don't want them to, but the Bible is clear that some will. And for those of us who really want to thrive in this last era, uh, hour, uh, we're going to have to live in God's presence. And let me say this, there is no greater place to live. There is no greater place that you can live than in God's presence. There's no greater joy. There's no greater peace that we can have. There's no greater place to find the comfort that we need at times than in God's presence. How many of you know that? And really, if you take time to think about it, it would mean so much to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for you and I to learn to live in God's presence. Why? Because it cost him his life. It cost Jesus his life so you and I could live with God. Amen. And in God.
Jesus paid the ultimate price and gave up his life to repair the relationship between God and his man. As I said earlier, in the Old Testament, average saints like you and I weren't allowed into God's presence. That only the priest could enter into the Holy of Holies. Actually, the average saints were like most Christians today. They're scared of God because they don't know him. They think he's out there somewhere because his word says he punishes sin and they're wanting to live in sin. They think he's out there somewhere going to hit them with a big fly swatter if they do something wrong. Well, he's not. He's a loving God. Amen? Hallelujah. But because Jesus paid the price for you and I on the cross, we can now have a close personal relationship with God Almighty a relationship that allows us to live in his presence all day long, that we can speak to God. And more than that, we can hear God when he's trying to tell us something in our future or about our lives. Can you say amen? In fellowship with God each and every day, walking with him, talking with him, getting to know him better than we ever have before. That's where I want this church to move in 2024. God has so much more for us, guys. All we have to do is give more of ourselves to him. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. We can be in fellowship with God each and every day. Walking with him, talking with him, getting to know him better. Hallelujah. So let's start here in John 17. And in John 17, this is actually what Jesus prayed to the Father over his disciples. Those who say they follow him. How many of you know that includes you and me? Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus prayed this prayer over you and me and all other Christians. Look at this in verse 1. It says, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Notice that Jesus knew what hour it was, which means what? It means Jesus, or because Jesus is now in me and he's in you, we ought to be able to discern the hour too. How many of you discern that the hour is near, that Jesus could come back at any moment? Amen. I won't make you raise your hand, but how many of you are truly living ready to go? Praise God. Not going to try to get ready when you hear the trumpet. It's too late then. Amen. Read chapter 5 of uh, Mark about the 10 virgins. There was five wise ones, and I'm going to just say it like I said. There was five stupid ones. Amen. The five wise ones were living ready. The five, five dumb ones tried to get ready when Jesus was coming down the road. And it will not work like that. You will be left behind at the rapture if you're not living ready. Amen? Amen. We're going to live ready. Hey, neighbor, I'm living ready. Ask them, are you? Amen. But we can know the hour when Jesus is coming back by the signs of the times. We know it's close. That we can walk with God. That means because Jesus is in me, I can now walk with God in such a way that 
I can also recognize the world around me. It's important that we recognize the world around us and not just fit in. I, I don't know if it was last week or when it was, but I'm going to say it again because the Holy Ghost has prompted me to. We need to stop being chameleon Christians. Christians that just blend in with our surroundings. Everybody ever seen a lizard? How you, whatever you put them on, that's what color they turn. A lot of Christians are that way. Whatever you crowd you put them in, that's what they become. Because they don't want to lose their friends. Well, let me tell you something. I got most of my friends saved because I separated myself from them. And then they looked at me and they looked what God looked at what God was doing in my life. And they come to me and they said, you know something? I don't know what it is. There's something different about you and I want what you got. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. You need to be so different than this world that people want what you have. Amen. Don't shout me down now just because I'm preaching good. Hallelujah. That was Holy Ghost. We can know the hour in the signs of the times. That we don't have to be like an ostrich with our head buried in the sand. But we can be like Jesus Christ and perceive the hour in which we're living. You see, Jesus discerned the end was near, which means every Christian, every Christian should also be able to discern that the end is near. If they're not discerning it, then they need to build their relationship with God because he's always talking. If you have the Holy Ghost of God, the Holy Spirit of God in you, he is always leading and guiding you. Amen? If they would discern the end was near, let me say this. Many of them wouldn't be living as loosely as they are. You know, the ones that say, oh, yeah, Pastor, a little wine for the stomach's sake. Yeah, but he didn't mean a whole bottle. He didn't mean a case of beer. He didn't, need, he didn't mean four or five margaritas with your Mexican food. I'm going to tell you right now, y'all stay away from all of it. I'm going to tell you why. Because when you open that bottle or that can, you're opening up a can to spiritual warfare. Why do you think on every liquor store it says beer, wine, and what? Beer. See, I know y'all Y'all just said that drink. Amen. All of you walked in that place at one time. Amen. I used to frequent it myself. Then God gave me that revelation. Why would I open and want to open a bottle and pour spirits down me? Just saying. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm now I'm on somebody's street. I can feel it in my spirit. In other words, if Christians really discern the hour, they would be staying in God's presence more and not less. Jesus said this. He said, Father, the hour has come. He knew the hour. Do you know the hour? Do you know where your relationship with God is? You need to be honest with yourself because you can lie to me, but you can't lie to God. He knows where you're at. He knows if you're serving him. He knows if you're worshiping him. He knows every place you go. 
He knows every person you talk to. He knows what you're doing while you're in those places. Guess what? You're not fooling God, neither am I. Hallelujah. How many of you know this is the gospel? How many of you know that Jesus didn't come to earth just to tell you how much he loves you? He told you that in one scripture. Who can give me the number? Who somebody said it? John 3:16. Today or t- today when you're watching your football game, see if they splash it up there. John 3:16. They think that sign's going to get them saved. Well, I worship God today. I took my John 3:16 sign to football game with me. Yeah, okay, it was on the floor under my feet most of the time, but hey, I flashed it when I saw the camera looking my way. Don't shout me down now. This church ain't going to be like that. Now, there may be people who come in here like that, but you're, gonna, you're either going to come conform to the word or be transformed by the word or you're going to leave. Amen. That's just the way it is, guys. We're going to worship Jesus Christ here. We're going to preach his uncompromised word. I'm not going to water it down for you. I'm not going to try to make you feel good about yourself when you're living in sin. Really? I would be just as guilty as you are. I know I'm not preaching to anybody in here, but there's a lot of people watching my live stream this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You and I can only be, can be only the, who will that be? You and I can only be the ones who know where we are and know if we're living in God's presence. I'm going to testify to you this morning that I could live in God's presence more. We all can. Amen. Hallelujah. But I'm not just a Sunday Christian. I'm not even just a Sunday and Wednesday Christian. I wake up with him and I go to bed with him. Then I get to listen to him all day along with Brenda. When I'm trying to watch TV. (laughs) Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 verse 22. Just look at the monitor. It says, and this is why it's important to build a relationship with God, okay? Of course, let me just read it. It says, many will say to me in that day. How many of you know that day is the day we get raptured? And if you get left behind, what are you going to be hollering? Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Haven't we done many wonders in your name? Look at what Jesus is going to tell them. And he's going to say to them, depart from me, I never knew you. That speaks of a relationship, guys. Amen? How many of you know that speaks of a relationship? That speaks personally to each one and every one of us that our relationship in our life should be our number one priority. Amen. Well, that's not what that means. It means what it says. Jesus is not a liar. 
Amen? Yeah, people go to church. Yeah, they listen to the messages. But then they leave and they never respond to me, Jesus says. They never be a doer of my word. They like the messages. They're sitting in the amen section saying, amen, pastor, preach it. I've got some people watching us by the live stream right now. That I bet if I said it, and I'm going to say it, go ahead on your live stream, type in, preach it, pastor. Amen. And they're going to say, preach it, pastor. But only God knows what they're doing is when the video goes off. But he does know what we do. I'm speaking to me too, guys. Of course, I'm satisfied, and most of y'all probably are too, that your relationship is at least good enough to get you into heaven. Amen? How many of you know you're going to heaven? Everybody better raise your hand. I'm going to have to ask it again. If you didn't raise your hand, that, don't, that means you don't know that you are. Now then. That means you might be one of them who says, he says, depart from me, because I never had a relationship with you. Hmm. In other words, you heard my word because Pastor John preached it every Sunday. But you didn't do it. You never did my word. Yeah, you'd do it when you was around other Christians. But did you do it on your job site? Or were you a comedian Christian? He said, but you didn't do it. You didn't do my word, therefore... I never had a close personal relationship with you, which means what? It means you and I having a close personal relationship with God Almighty is what he actually wants. He wants to have a relationship with me. He wants to have a relationship with you. But you're in control of your relationship with him. He's not in control. He's not going to force feed you. I force feed you on Sundays. Amen. I force feed me on Sundays, and I'm like, Jason, thank you for doing that. Because I need help. How many of you know we all need help in our lives? How many of you know you can't get into heaven on your own goodness? I was a good person. Yeah, that don't mean anything. Your goodness is as filthy rags to God Almighty. You need a Savior. You need to worship Jesus. You need to follow Jesus. You need to be in Jesus all day long. Can you say amen? And this it does not mean that he wants to control you. It means he wants to have a personal relationship. He wants to, uh, for you to live in his presence. He wants you to experience his loving kindness, his joy, and his peace. He wants you to have a total victory over every area of your life. And it is available to each and every one of us, to all Christians in every church. It's only, but it's only available when I choose and you choose to live in his presence. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Let me ask you this. Did Jesus give his life so you and I could live in fellowship with God? I'm going to ask it again. There's only two of us that answered. Did Jesus Christ give his life so you, put your name there, so Thomas, so Jason, so Ann, Jenny, 
so you could have a close personal relationship and be in fellowship with God. Everybody say, yes, he did. Now I got you, see, I got you on the hook. <laughs> then why wouldn't you and I do whatever it takes to pursue that fellowship? How many of you men chased after your wife? Every man in here better raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> I just <laughs> I should say it may not have always been just a fellowship well you know yeah okay let's not go there let's move on but we pursued our mate right why wouldn't we want to pursue God even more than that Notice again what Jesus prayed in John 17. Verse number one, he said, Jesus said this. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may also glorify you. How many of us in here have ever said that? Father God, glorify me so I can glorify you. Amen, two of us. Amen. That should be our purpose. That is our purpose. It's to glorify him. You ought to be giving him glory for everything you have. And everything you are. Verse 2. He says, as you have given him authority over all flesh. He's talking about Jesus. That he should give eternal life. We read this last week. To as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they, put your name there, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Notice Jesus said, Father, all those you have given me, especially Pastor John, you should have said no, especially me. All those you have given me, in other words, all those who are born again, all that are mine, he says, I give to them and only them eternal life. For those who missed last week's message, again, I encourage you to go listen to that because it talks about relationship. Amen. We're going to really key on on relationship this year how we can get closer to God. Amen? Amen. Through prayer, I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but through prayer, about the prayer Jesus prayed. Father, your will be done instead of mine. Father, your will be done instead of Richard's. Father, your will be done instead of Joseph's. And you can put your name there. Everybody say, Father, your will be done instead of mine. Amen. Glory to God. He'll give eternal life to as many you have given him. Hallelujah. And, and eternal life, listen to me, does not mean that we're, it only, does not only mean that we're going to live forever. 
How many of you know you're going to live forever somewhere? I don't know about you, but if the Lord tarries and I suck my last breath and Hebrews 9.27 comes to pass in my life, which says it is appointed but man to die but once and in the judgment, <clears throat> when I suck my last breath, I can guarantee you this boy going to heaven. Amen. Now, 27 years ago, that might be a little different. But I'm going to heaven. How about you? Amen. It doesn't mean we live forever because we're all going to live forever. And we all, listen to me, we all choose. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to choose. We all choose where we will live. And nobody, absolutely nobody can choose for me. And nobody can choose for you. You have to make these choices. Husband can't choose for his wife. The wife can't choose for the husband. And you parents cannot choose for your children once they become the age of accountability. Now, I only see a one or two in here that's that age. But I'm telling you, teenagers, your parents cannot choose heaven for you. You got to choose it for yourself. Amen. All the teenagers should say amen. I figured you'd, you're standing in the gap for them, right? We all have a choice where we're going to spend eternity. That's why God said, I set before you what? Life and death. Then he tells us, he says, okay, now for you stupid ones, choose life. I know that's not in the Bible, stupid but I heard something that I guess got to pass along to you. Ignorance is in the Bible. How many of you know that? But here's the, here's the thing, guys, and please, I'm not going to look at anybody when I say this. <laughs> Ignorance is not knowing the truth. Stupidity is knowing the truth and not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. Hallelujah. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> Glory to God. Remember that. If you don't remember nothing else today, you remember that. Amen? That could be part of your 2% that you take with you. And you, you, you're welcome to use it wherever you want to. Amen. Hallelujah. I've got to find my place every time he takes over like that. Here's my point. Eternal life isn't just about living forever. Jesus says... Eternal life is having the opportunity and the privilege to know Almighty God. He said it's about having the opportunity to have a close personal relationship with God right now. So that when you do lay your head down one of these days and go home to be with Jesus, that you're going to be able to enjoy his presence throughout eternity just because you took the time to get to know him. That Jesus is your Lord. He's not a Lord. He's your Lord. That Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior. In other words, he knows you by name. He even knows the number of hairs on your head, the Bible said. Now, sadly, some of our heads are easier to count than others. Amen. 
pay. It just makes it easy on him. He can move on to the next person after he comes to me. <laughs> he don't have to take a long time with me. Some of y'all got a full head of hair. He's got to spend a little time with y'all. Hallelujah. My point is this. Jesus said eternal life is for you and I to know God. The Amplified Bible in verse 3 says this. It says, and this is eternal life. <clears throat> Excuse me. It means to know, to perceive, to recognize, to become acquainted with, and to understand. That's a mouthful, isn't it? To do all of that to God. For us to know him, the only true and real God. And likewise, to know him, talking about Jesus, as the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, whom you have sent. That's it right there, guys. Our whole purpose on this planet is not our role in life. It's not making money. It's not having more stuff, like I said last week, and I've said many times before. Our whole purpose for creation, we were created by God Almighty, was to worship him. And Jesus came so we could have a way to worship him. Amen? Notice Jesus says eternal life is to recognize, to become acquainted with, and to understand who God really is. That every day we're moving forward and getting closer, to, closer and closer to God. My brothers and sisters... This prayer is, John, is, is in John was Jesus' highest request to God. How many of you know that? It was his highest request for you and me. He said, Father, I pray that, put your name there. I pray uh, that you have, uh, uh, that you can have, oh, must, excuse me. I pray that those you have given me would really get to know you like I know you. Jesus said what? Come follow me, didn't he? Yeah. How many of you know that Jesus really knew his dad? Yeah. Amen. They were one. They were one. Jesus says that you and I can be one with him, and when we're one with him, we're one with the Father. Man, I should have got a, at least one shout amen right there. Do you realize what that means, guys? That everything God gave to Jesus, he's given to you. <clears throat> That's why Miss Brenda walks up and down like she does every, on Sunday mornings. She knows who God is in her. And I'm not bragging on her, I'm bragging on him. Because you can know who God is in you. But you got to spend more time with him. Amen. And you may be spending a lot of time with him. I know a couple of men in here that fellowship with him every morning. Yeah. Amen. And more than just five minutes of prayer time. They spend their morning with him. Amen. I don't know anything about you women. <laughs> Miss Brenda does. Says, but, I, but I hear their testimonies. I some guy saying, man... I got caught, so caught up in the Word today, Pastor, and it was noon before I got out. Of course, these are retired folks. I know you have to work. But how many of you know there's uh, something called podcasts? And nobody has an excuse that has a telephone and has a little wire that goes from your telephone to your vehicle. 
No one has an excuse not to listen to God's word. No one. That's why Paul says, oh, wretched man that we are, we are inexcusable. We are inexcusable. There is no excuses. Amen. There's nothing good enough. God ain't going to hear it. He's going to, two things are all we're going to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. Or depart from me. Because I didn't know you. You never had time to fellowship with me. You were always too busy. See, we can get too busy for God. We can even get too busy in the ministry. That's why we're constantly asking for more people to help. Amen? Because even the people in the sound booth, even Miss Dawn and, and, and Brother Matthew, they deserve some time to sit out in these pews. But they give every Sunday to God. Because a lot of you won't get up out of your pews and help. I hope you come back next Sunday. <laughs> and so if that's you, don't get offended. Just take the correction. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Let me tell you something, guys. We got to choose life. We got to choose the fellowship with God. There are people, good people, good, good, good people in hell, even as we speak. And they have been there for thousands of years <clears throat> wondering why they're there. There are also many people in heaven right now who have been there for thousands of years praising God that they are there. My point is eternal life isn't just about living forever. Jesus said eternal life is having the opportunity to know your heavenly father. Hallelujah. And it's available. How do you know say it's available? Available. It's available to me. It's available to you. And all you and I have to do is start right where we are. Start right where you are. And every day, do your best to grow closer to God. Can you say amen? amen. Write this scripture down and look at the monitor again because I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. <clears throat> but I want you to see something in Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 18 says it is for, for it is through him, talking about Jesus, that we both, whether far off or near, now have an introduction. Look at this. An access by one Holy Spirit to the Father so that we are able to approach him. You see, before Jesus came to this earth, as I said, no one could approach God but the priests or the kings or the prophets. Amen. But now you and I, the Bible says, can come boldly to his throne. How many of you want to be able to go boldly through to his throne? Only a relationship with him will allow you to do that. That we can no longer, that we no longer have to see God as somebody out there but we can see him as being in us and that we can have a close personal relationship 
with him. We can have as close a relationship as we want to. You got to want God. I have to want God. Amen. Are you with me? Look at this in John, or first John, excuse me, chapter number five, and just write these down because I got to hurry. First John chapter five, and this is the Amplified. See, Jesus said we have access to the Father through him and the Holy Spirit that's in us if you're saved. And he said the Holy Spirit will reveal God to us. How many of you are getting a better revelation of who God is? Amen. First John chapter 5, verse 20. And we have seen and know positively that the Son of God has actually come to this world and has given us the understanding and insight, look at this, progressively. If you're not progressing in God, you're standing still. You don't want to be the still waters that's in Psalms 23. He said, lead me by the still waters. Don't camp me out there. How many of you know why? Still waters are stagnant. All kinds of creatures grow in still waters. You want to be by the stream that's flowing to the throne room. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. You see, before Jesus came along, that was not available. Do you realize that when you allow God's conviction to change your life, that you're sanctified? Look at John 17, 17. John 17, 17, I'm going to read this out of the New King James Version. It says, sanctify them by your truth. And then he says this, your word. Everybody say your word. Everybody say your word is truth. So it's through the word that we hear and act upon that will separate us from this world and worldly things. And it will draw us closer and closer and closer into relationship with God Almighty. The word sanctified in the Greek means to set them apart. How many know when you read the Word of God or hear the Word of God preach, the Word of God confronts and the Word of God confronts your life? How many of you know when God confronts you with His Word, you better change? You don't want to be stupid. Just trying to help you guys as I help me. Praise God. You see, it's the truth that you're going to act upon and do that sanctifies or separates you to God, not the truth that you hear every Sunday. In other words, when you get God's word down in your heart, and we talk about that a lot here, get his word in your heart, get it out of here and get it in here. 
Because out of this is where the issues of life you live. Out of here is where you speak. Amen? Out of, out of your heart, is your heart is who you are. Like Miss Brenda said this morning, your heart will take you to the places your heart wants you to go. Don't shout me down now. Your heart has to want to you to be here. Your heart's got to want you to be here instead of that football game or that soccer practice. Your heart's got to want to be here. And remember Luke 6, 38? As much as your heart wants to be here is all God can help you in your life. I'm just telling somebody, maybe for someone out there, quit crying out to God if you're sitting on your rear end at home not doing nothing for him. Hallelujah. And all the saints in this room said, preach it, pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. We've seen him. We've seen his works. If your eyes are open, you've seen him. Amen. If he's doing anything in your life at all, you've seen him. If you're saved this morning, you've seen him. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't come to this earth just to save us from our sin. How many of you know that? He came to this earth to make a way for you and I <clears throat> to live in God, to live for God. Amen. Therefore, as I just said a moment ago, our purpose and goal each and every day should be and is for some of us or for many of us, it is our purpose. Our purpose is to know God better. If that's your purpose, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Don't turn there. But Paul said in Philippians 3.10, y'all better start listening quicker. Oh my goodness. Whew, better hurry. Hallelujah. Will everybody give me an extra time this morning? Amen. Philippians chapter 3. This is Paul talking. Man, this is so good. This is my prayer to you, Father. This is my purpose as well, Father. It says, before my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. You see, Paul's heart was to be intimately acquainted with God Almighty. And really, that should be our heart as well, right? That should be really be the heart of every born-again Christian. But how often do we hear that preached? That we should all be progressively wanting to live in God's presence more. Why? So he can reveal to us the things that are coming. So he can give us guidance and he can give us direction for our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Talking about God changing you. How many of you know the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit will confront things in your life and bring conviction on you? He will. He'll tell you where you need to change. Amen. 
In other words, when you get, you hear God's word and you get God's word down in your heart and you act upon his truth, then what happens is the Holy Spirit will help you get those things out of your life and go through doors you should be going through and, and close doors you should close. He's not going to slam the door on your addiction. But he'll open the door for you to be delivered from your addiction. He's not going to close the door on you working to get ahead, to buy, have more stuff, bigger cars, bigger houses, more money in the bank. How I many of you know there's no U-Hauls going to heaven? Bible says store up treasures in heaven, not on this earth. But he's not going to close the doors on those things in your life, but he'll open doors to where you can worship him and take him with you every day and live for him and do have all that stuff. If you don't believe me, read Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first what? The kingdom of God and his right standing. And then he says this, I'll add all that stuff to you. See, I had to learn that the hard way. I used to be like many, some of you in here and maybe some by the internet. I used to strive, chase the almighty dollar, trying to give my kids more, trying to be a, have a, be a better husband, a better dad. And then I found out if I just give my life to the Lord and I'm serious about that, not just giving it to him on Sundays, but I get serious about walking with him every day, I found that God added all those things to me. And now I don't have to give to my kids anymore because they're out of the house. <laughs> but let me tell you, Dad, something. And my baby right there. I'm leaving her a legacy in Jesus Christ. And that means more than all the treasures in the world. It's to leave our kids a legacy that will last them until they go home to be with the Lord or will last them until God raptures us out of here. Amen? That's the treasures that we give our kids nowadays. Amen. Hallelujah. Remember, my brothers and sisters, this is Jesus' prayer over his disciple. He is praying, Father, sanctify and separate your people through your word. In other words, Jesus is saying, Father, reveal the truths of your word to these you have given me. And Father, when they hear and receive your word and receive the truth, that they will respond to that truth and they will choose to walk away from that which is hurting them. They will choose to walk away from those things that are not right in your eyes. And when they choose to walk away from those things, Father God, your Holy Spirit will Come on them and he will strengthen them in their relationship with you. Can you say amen? amen? Don't turn here, but in 2 Corinthians 6, 17, write it down. And I'm going to paraphrase this. The scripture actually says, come out from amongst them and be ye separate and do not touch the unclean thing. And then he says what? Then I will receive you. Or and I will receive you. Well, how many of you know if you don't come out from amongst them and you don't quit touching the unclean things, does God have to receive you? 
Hallelujah. God says, come out and be separated from this world. Don't touch those unclean things. Don't do those ungodly things. Then what? He says, I'll be a father to you. I'll be a father to you. So when I hear the word, the truth of God's word, and I, using me, see that in some areas of my life, there's very few, but uh, I see some areas in my life that I'm just not right. That's when I choose to change. And the only way I can do that is with the Holy Spirit that's in me. I got to surrender my life to the Holy Spirit. God is not going to chastise me. There is no chastisement in God. Only good and perfect gifts comes from the God of above. But when I'm disobedient to God's word, just like he had to allow the devil to tempt and go to Job and put all that junk on Job, if I'm disobedient to God's word, the devil has a right to come to our household and stir things up. Now I'm on somebody's porch. Surrender to God, guys. Amen. We're going to keep talking about it until the rapture. It's all about him and none about us. But we have to do the surrendering. Everything the Holy Spirit is showing us in God's word and instructing us to do concerning our life. Everything the Holy Spirit does, whether it's convicting me when I do wrong or encouraging me when I do right, everything he does is for my good. And everything he does is geared towards drawing us away from the things of this world and drawing us closer to the God who created us. Look at verse 21. This is still Jesus praying. Give me at least 10 more minutes, guys. This is so important that we lay a foundation for this coming year. This is still Jesus praying, verse number 21 through 23. It says that they may be one. Look at this. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in who? us or in them that the world may believe that you have sent me. I'm going to stop right there for another moment. It's Holy Ghost. The purpose of you getting in God and him in you, you in Jesus and him in you, them being one and being one with you is to show the world. It's to show the world. It's to show all those folks on your job site. It's to show all them ladies down at the beauty salon, hair salon, nail salon. It's to show all those guys that you used to stand around the water can and tell dirty jokes to that there's a God and he's in your life. Do people know that God is in you? Do you show God? Is your light shining? It's asking for a friend. That they may know, Father God, and that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that you may be one just as we are one. That they may be one, excuse me, just as we are one. 
I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Hallelujah. So Jesus is praying that when we allow the word of God to sanctify us and to purify us and make changes in our lives, he says this whole process will change. Change who we are and bring us closer to God. Hallelujah. So we may be one with him. That we're in him and he's in us. That we're talking to him and he's talking to us. Do you know God walked with Adam and Eve? Literally walked with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? He said I, he walked with them in the cool of the day. Now we can only have access to him in, through Jesus Christ now, but we can still walk with him. We can still talk with him. We can still listen to what he has to say. Amen. Yeah, one of these days when we all get to heaven, we get to walk hand in hand with him. The Garden of Eden's going to be restored. Hallelujah. That should excite us, God. Won't be no more stinking cars. And they won't be all electric either. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, I don't get to know God better and be one with him through Miss Brenda and her excitement. She can share God with me. I don't get to, you don't get to be one with God through your pastor. I can stand up here and share the Lord with you. Miss Brenda can run up and down the aisle here and, and show you what God's doing in her life. And you can just, whoo, praise the Lord. Yeah, man, look how excited she is. How excited are you out there? I can tell you. You're not as excited out there as you are in here. I, I, let me put it like this. You're no more excited out there than you are in here. Let me put it that way. If you ain't raising your hands for Jesus in here, you ain't going to be witnessing for him out there. Yeah, y'all didn't know I was going there, did you? <laughs> We're going to be Jesus the same in here, out there, as we are in here. So ask yourself, how am I out on the outside? How am I when Pastor John can't see me? Who am I hanging out with? What kind of folks is I'm being around? Am I partaking of what they're partaking with? Or am I telling them that partaking of those things may not be good? We've got to start being bold for Christ. I said we have to start being bold for Christ. There is a scripture in the Bible that says if we don't do it, who will? If Garrett don't go to his job and walk the walk, he don't necessarily have to preach to people, okay? But he's got to walk the walk. He's got to show them that 
the God in him is bigger than the devil in this world. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, let me cut some of this off. Well, let me say this. You and I cannot get to know God better and become one with him simply by reading his word, simply by coming to church and hearing the word taught. We can only know about him by reading and coming to church. But it's only the doers of God's word that make his word and him priority in their life and make him a part of their life every day. It's only those who will build a relationship with God Almighty. Amen. If you want to have a closer relationship with God and live in his presence, you must be a doer of his word. Hallelujah. Go over to Psalm 16. I'm trying to hurry, guys, but this is far more important than being in next in line at oh, Casablanca or whatever it is. Hallelujah. I couldn't even remember the name of that restaurant over here. Durango, that's it. <laughs> we got to be a doer of the word. Psalm 16, did I tell you that? Yeah. Listen, I don't know about you, but I want to live closer to God than I ever have before. Let me tell you something. There are huge, everybody say huge. There are huge benefits in being in God's presence. Look at verse 11. It says, you will show me the path of life. Isn't that, wouldn't that be good? Are you not to wonder what next week is going to look like? Whether you're going to get some new contracts or not, whether you're going to uh, be able to close that special deal, wouldn't it be great to just know because you're in God and he's in you and he's preparing your path like it says right here. You will show me the path of life. Hallelujah. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures. Everybody, who, everybody like pleasures? Are pleasures forevermore. Notice it says in his presence is fullness of joy. So if I want joy in my life, where am I going to go to find it? Everybody say, in God's presence, Pastor. So if you and I want to live a joyful life, then our life must be lived in his presence. Can you see that? Amen. Good. I don't have to go back to page one then. And I've said this before, and I'm, it's worthy of me repeating. Joy does not come from the absence of troubles in your life. Joy comes from knowing God is present with you in all your troubles. Amen? Therefore, do not let the storms and the trials and the things that, may be going, that you may be going through today make you doubt that God is with you. Didn't God say he would never leave you nor forsake you? So he's always been there. Even when I wasn't doing right, he was always there wanting me to say, hey, God, what, what can you tell me to do? But many times I went on to write about my own understanding. 
kept running into the wall, running into the wall, running into the wall when right over here, oh, there's the door. Don't shout me down now. Hallelujah. I know y'all want to go eat, but chew on this. Hallelujah. God said he'll never leave us to forsake us. Have you ever faced a storm or a trial in your life? Have you ever faced a storm or a trial where you didn't know God was there? How many of us have done that? I want to say a show of hands. Do you know he was? God has always been there in every trial, in every storm we have ever went through and we will ever go through. Now, whether or not we call on him, call on the name of the Lord, and trust in the Holy Ghost to lead us is on our side. But he's always been there. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to send you the comforter so he'll only comfort you every so often. He said, I'm going to send you the comforter and he will give you comfort every day. He will lead and guide you in the things you're supposed to be doing and he will lead and guide you in the things you should not be doing. Amen. But we got to choose to go draw on God's strength. Amen. God's presence is our greatest treasure. And God's presence is what brings us total victory when we choose to live in his presence. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And listen, your pastor realizes that we are all a work in progress. Okay? We're all on different levels with our faith. So I'm not condemning anybody. I'm trying to help you. But let me say this. We may all be at different levels. We may all be a work in progress. But our goals and our purposes in life should all be the same. And that is to live in God's presence all the time. Can you say amen so I can move on? Look at this in Psalms 90. Let me ask you this. Are you getting any kind of a revelation today about your relationship with God? What it really means to believe in God's presence? Hallelujah. Praise God, I am. Psalms 90, verse 1. This is Moses praying. He said, Lord, you have been our dwelling place. That word dwelling means living place. You have been our dwelling place in all generations. Notice Paul said that the Lord has been the dwelling place to all generations. In other words, being in God's presence was the answer to all past generations, to this present generation, and if the Lord tarries, to all your kids and your future generations. The Lord is the answer. What does that mean, Pastor? Well, who is the Lord? John 1, 1. Jesus is the Word. John 1, 1, John 1, 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 says, and the Word became flesh. That's Jesus Christ. So if you need help, go to His Word. That's a revelation, isn't it? Yeah. Hallelujah. In other words, being in God's presence was the answer to all generations. 
He said, the Lord will be your dwelling place. He said, the Lord will be where you turn for all your answers. He said, the Lord will be where you choose to live, move, and have your being. He said, the Lord will be everything in your life. If, or let me put it this way, so I'll be positive. When you allow him to. He's only everything to those who let him into their lives. Amen. Turn the page. Hallelujah. Five minutes, guys. I want you to remember that I said great benefits are living for, in God's presence. Here they are in Psalms 91. All the things in Psalms 91 are connected to God's presence. And for time's sakes, I'm only going to read a, uh, uh, maybe one or two of them. And I'm going to read them out of the Amplified, so look at the monitor. He says, he who dwells or lives in the secret place of the Most High. Now watch this. I love this. Shall remain stable. You want stability in your life? Stay in his dwelling place and live in his presence. And in this day and hour where the people of this earth are going absolutely crazy, where the people of this earth are living every form of wicked lifestyle there is, and they're calling it God, in a day and hour where mankind is looking like it did in the days of Noah, or in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, when we see all of mankind hell-bent on Self-destruction, the Bible says you and I can find stability if we live in him. He who dwells in the secret place of the most house shall be stable, shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. Watch this. Whose power, no foe. Everybody say no foe. No foe can withstand. In other words, when you and I are walking with God, talking with God, following his guidance, then no weapon formed against you or me will ever prosper. Can you say amen? Is that not scriptures? Look at verse two. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. And why wouldn't we say that after verse one? Why wouldn't I want to give God all the praise? I'll say of the Lord, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my God. And only on you will I lean and rely. And in you, I will confidently trust. Hallelujah. Let me ask you something. Are you speaking these truths over your life? Only you and God know that. Are you declaring who God is in your life? Are you declaring the benefits you have in him? If not, take the time this morning to read the rest of Psalm 91 because I'm not going to read it. But I'm going to encourage you to read it. But I'm going to sum it up with verse number 16. And this is God talking through Moses. He says, with long life. Everybody say long life. All you people keep saying how old you are. He said, with long life, you can stay on this planet as long as you want to. 
With long life, I will satisfy him. And look at this. I will show him or her my salvation. My brothers and sisters, God's benefits are never, ever ending. And God's word says he will give us long life. He will show us and he will show us his salvation. I don't know about you, but I want to see and experience everything in heaven has to offer me. Salvation benefits are available to all who are born again, but only those who choose to walk with God and live in his presence will ever see or experience all of those benefits. To the measure you give, you will be given to. That's it. Let me add this so no one gets discouraged. To the level you walk and you live in God's presence, that level will be the benefits you receive. It's up to you. You are the measuring stick. How much of God do you want? He's all available. He's not just about going to heaven. If that's all there was, guys, don't you think he'd just, after you got born again, he'd just let you die and so you'd be in heaven with him? I know my wife's looking at the clock. Praise the Lord. All right, here we go. We'll see if she wouldn't have took up so much time out here. I mean, It was the woman you gave me, Lord. Yeah, but I had to add. That was so good, I had to just use it in my sermon, see. Did I get out of that or not? But let me say this, and then I'm going to close. You choose how much of your life is spent in God's presence. I choose how much of my life is spent in God's presence. And I can't speak to, for you, my brothers and sisters, but my desire and the desire for this church is for us, you and me, to live in God's presence all the time. Are you with me? In closing, I know I said last week, and I'm going to continue saying as long as I'm running my race, a Christian's greatest need and a Christian's greatest blessing is to have a close relationship with God Almighty. And our relationship with God can grow, listen to me, to a point where we're walking and living in His perfect will. See, there's nobody in this room, and I'm not being critical, I'm including me. There's nobody in this room that I know of and nobody watching my live stream that I know of that's living in God's perfect will. We're all living in his permissive will. We're all saved. We're all going to heaven, but he has so much more for us. Can you say amen? Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Can you just close your eyes and raise your hands to heaven and just say this with me. Say, thank you, Father, for your word. I'm going to allow your word to change me where I need to be changed. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when we choose to live in God's presence, when we choose to walk in his will, then you and I are going to be able to share the answer to this dying world.
The only answer to this dying world, guys, is Jesus Christ as people's Lord and Saviors. And the only way you'll have the boldness to share Jesus with other people is for you to go all in for him and start living in this presence. Can you say amen? The first thing, the last thing we do or one of the things we do before we close is we'll give everybody an opportunity that's heard the word of God and wants to change their lives with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in this room today and you're, God knows your heart, so don't raise your hand if you're not willing to change. But if you heard a word today that makes you want to grow deeper in God and do more for God and get live in his presence more, if that's you or if that's you by live stream this morning, I want you to slip a hand up and put it right back down. I thank you, Father God, that I, most of the hands went up in this room. Let's all pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, your word says that if I believe in my heart, and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is your son, that he died for my sin, I will be saved. I am saved right now. But Father, I want the full salvation package. I don't want to just go to heaven. I want all that you have for me. So right now, with my lips, come on, help me out. Right now, with my lips, I declare that I will be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hey, do you know something? I'm not going to make you raise your hand, but I'm going to tell you this. Everybody who raised their hand, everybody that prayed that prayer and asked for more, watch out. It, it's coming. But here's how it comes. God's going to say, do more for me, Jason, and I'll do more for you. Now, when they see me coming towards them, <laughs> don't turn and run. Amen. Say what uh, the prophet Isaiah said. He said, I heard the voice of the Lord say, whom shall I send? And he said, I heard a voice Say, send me, Lord. Amen. How many of you want to say this morning? Raise your hand. You're saying, send me, Lord. I'm looking. I'm looking. A few of you ain't raised your hand, so you're kind of just wishy-washy. Amen. That's okay. There's always next Sunday. And we'll give you an opportunity to raise your hand next Sunday. Amen. Let's close. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for the word today. Father God, I thank you that your saints in this room and those watching my live stream still love me for keeping them 26 minutes long. Father God, I thank you that even though they're not the first in line at the restaurant, that they will have, find favor with the waiters and they'll be able to get in quickly. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are in our lives and we thank you that we can grow closer to you and we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name and everybody said amen. Remember this, we serve a miracle working God and you are always next in line for your miracle. You are dismissed.